The day before, after a restless night and a rather uneventful day, the party was actually able to secure lavish clothing suitable for the ball, at least for three of them. The others, however, would still need to find a more suitable way to infiltrate the Moreland estate as they continue their journeys on the day before the ball. Okay, great. So we're on a journey and everything. We get up, or Mick gets up at least, and well, I'm going to be in my garb until, you know, the ball comes. Anyways, we can continue on our journey. All right. So this whole day, honestly, is just walking. You might stop for lunch, but you do not see another soul on the road at this point. You are traveling more into private lands of the Count and other high nobles of Taylor. And so as you travel along these roads that are, we'll say, they're not well-maintained, per se, just because they're not so often trod upon. These are not main thoroughfares. These are not trade routes. It's a quite solitary journey, for the most part. Okay, Luca, uh, during this day, he actually confronts Reese. He goes to Reese and he just says, I am grateful that you decided to come with me and to help me on this journey. But if you will act like you did with that woman, I'm afraid I will not be able to accept your help anymore. And he walks away, musing on his existence. All right. And the sun goes a little further across the sky. Uh, at this time, Lyrian has taken time to brush up on his noble etiquette that he had received while being a prince in the old world. Yeah, that's great. As he goes through his bag and sees his old clothes and maybe practices a few bows in his mind and rehearses a few phrases of politeness, the sun goes even further across the sky at high noon. As they're walking, Afran approaches Reese, and he says to him, Rhys, uh, if you would like, I can tell you more about the religions, and perhaps that will shed some light on the disturbing events of the other night. You believe that that had something to do with your gods? Uh, perhaps. I can tell you in as much detail as you like, but to be brief, there are the ethereals. They are what you would call gods. Uh, they're children, these souls that have achieved a great destiny. They become realities. The realities, they sometimes intervene in the affairs of mortals, much, much more so than the ethereals. And the Valors, they were fated to become realities, but they rebelled against the god that chose them, and they spurned their destiny laid out before them. They are denied the chance to become a reality, and instead normally have much more sinister purposes. They too interfere in the affairs of mortals. And I fear that in the light of the events of Merhold, there could have been... Some interference from a Valor. If this is the case, it would prove most unfortunate for you and for the rest of us. So upon hearing this exposition of, on religion from Efron, Reese has a quick flash of remembrance. And he says, yes, this figure mentioned that Quenberg was his daughter. That's disturbing. Yes, that is quite disturbing. I will take some time to think on this, and perhaps we can hypothesize who it may have been. Very well, but I did learn one thing. They bleed. The sun continues to dip in the sky, and as evening comes upon you, you continue your journey, after stopping a few times for short rests and breaks. Mick continues on and is kind of toying around with his dress and his little Dunlick garb, if you will. He's like, <laughs> looks all whimsical as he is. Is he wearing it? No, not yet, because we're traveling, of yeah, course. Uh, you just, know, just like toying with it. Yeah, just toying with it, you know, thinking about the events of tomorrow and also is searching his belongings. He looks into his satchel and sees 
if he has enough Lycles, because he knows that the events tomorrow will require his ability to use intent. So the night finally comes upon you, and you're forced once more to take shelter on the side of the road. It rains quite profoundly, maybe even flooding the footsteps and ruts in the road and the dips on the side. So hopefully you made your camp somewhere safe. We did. As morning breaks the next day, you all awake with the shared knowledge that this is the day that Count Algier could meet his end. Luca has an almost nervous energy as they begin to break camp. You know, they're arriving at their destination. This is obviously a big deal for him. So he looks pretty anxious. He's he's anxious to get moving and make things happen. As is Efron. Everybody's getting a little antsy. Efron takes a hot minute to just... Uh, inform everybody of some of the cultural customs of the different peoples to make sure that they don't commit any egregious social faux pas. Luca gathers everyone together as they're walking to just discuss the the plan for entering and turning toward Ifran and Mick. He says, I believe that the best way for us to proceed is that if we can make it down the river, we should in fact be able to enter through the grate with our finery safely enclosed inside this case. I think we can arrive and get dressed before we arrive at the ball, and no one should be the wiser. Presuming what Ifran has told us is true and that we can remember it, we should be able to blend in very well. I agree, and I say that this is a marvelous plan. But how will we get Lyrian and Reese with us? I could very well join you. I don't know if you know, but I was once a prince in the old world, and I did manage to bring these with me. And Lyrian pulls out some formal wear that has his family crest on it and kind of has a more of a military style to it, but it's still formal wear. <sighs> that will be very helpful. And Reese, how can we bring him? How can we disguise him? It's, you must admit, friend, you cut a striking figure. <laughs> I think I have a solution to that problem. I believe that he could be a bodyguard for one of our grand nobles. However I get in, so far I'm the only one I can see who will be able to bring a weapon in with them. And he kind of just taps his mask. Well, you see Luca, and he's got the uh, bone dagger, and he says, I believe I will be able to enter with this, but only this. We would hope so. But a bodyguard, a servant, I think I can play a role in being someone who can get around to all aspects of the party. Not just the guest areas, but some place where the servants are other workers, other other people who tend to the estate might need to do some looking around. Very well. That actually could work to our advantage if we have someone who is not strictly tied to the idea of a guest. As we're kind of finishing up discussing the plan, Larian tells the group, maybe it's best that I go forward ahead of the group a bit and scout ahead and see what we're up against. Yes, I believe that would be fine. You are well-versed in the ways of nobility already. I will help instruct the others to make sure that they are up to speed. Very well. I will meet you before the party. All right, so then Lyrian is able to make really good time going out on his own. The rest of you, as you continue your walk along these roads, there begin to be small towns, villages that pop up, mostly farmland, it would seem. It's very fertile land as you head further east. And there are more coniferous trees as well. Large mountains looming very far out to the east a bit more. And you see a pronounced hill that rises above these lowlands, uh, which then turns into the highlands before the mountains. And upon said hill 
is a lavish estate. Lyrian alone, picking his way through the sparse forested areas, while the group stays behind, just going along the road, listening to the instructions of Ifran. Lyrian, I want you to do a stealth check as you approach the estate proper. Lyrian's actually stealthy when traveling alone. That doesn't mean you don't have to make a stealth check. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I move stealthily anyway, but... Uh, 19. Okay. So as you come upon the estate, you are first greeted by a river that is running parallel to the road. However, at some point you see ahead of you, there is a bridge as the road crosses more north and then sort of arcs down back into the estate from the north again. The river continues its straight course until it reaches the estate and then cuts through it. The farmland seems to dissipate, taken over more by the natural forests leading up to these highlands. As you look around too, patrolling the walls are plenty of guards in elaborate armor, salad helms, and holding tall halberds. The same style of soldiers also patrol the roads outside the estate itself, and you actually have to evade one of these patrols as they take some time to walk by. It would probably be best to wait until nightfall to try to enter the estate itself, or at the very least, the evening. Do you continue on to the estate or return to your party? I will return to the party. Okay. So you meet them back a good ways down the road. It's a little past noon now, where you all have gathered just off the road in a small patch of forest to prepare. Lyrian comes back to the group, and he relays the information that he found out. Luca bends over, you know, using the information that he gathered from Lyrian, and also what he gathered from the woman. He said, very well, this is uh, the area, as Lyrian has said. Our greatest problem would be that to arrive at the location, we cannot enter from the east. The grate that covers the river and the entrance to the manor is just too tight. However, with care, we should be able to swim upriver at least a portion, it's the very end, to enter into the river from the north. However, we need to be careful. This will not be an easy feat, particularly carrying what we need. Do not worry, Luca. I am a very strong swimmer. Then we will leave the case with you, as I am not. Should I mention that my constitution is like one? Because <laughs> it is. <laughs> well, I feel like it'd probably be a, if you're it's probably strength, a strength thing. Track. That's okay. Oh, that's so good because my strength is zero. <laughs> <laughs> we can make it. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. Okay. We can have Ifran swim up the river trailing a rope and we merely hold on to the rope walking towards it or pulling ourselves towards it. Walking. Yeah, that's brilliant. Okay. Also, um, I, w- I want to make this distinction. Ifran said in character that he's a strong swimmer. Okay. That is not Noah making a statement about his mechanical prowess, okay? If this is like a straight strength check, he's as good as Mick. Oh, so what you're telling okay. me is Luca, with one in strength, is the best swimmer. <laughs> oh, no. I think no. Reese would probably be the best swimmer. I meant of the people being in the river. But, no. okay, does anyone need to do anything prior to us doing this? Well, are we storing our gear before or after we go through said river? That's a fair point. We should locate someplace to store our gear. Lyrian. Do they have guards patrolling the outside of the gate, or do they only have guards inside of the estate? They do have patrols on the outside as well. Alright, so those either need to be dealt with, or we sneak past. If we do not have our gear, we can move quietly. So we will need to keep our gear... I don't know. How far do they patrol? To a good degree. I had to dodge one on the road. I have an idea in mind, but 
Mick and I will need to prepare ourselves separately from you three. And he kind of gives a knowing nod towards Luca and Lyrian. There's a very diplomatic thumbs up from Luca as he accepts this knowing nod. And he um, he gestures for Ifran and Lyrian to follow him. I think that we also need to prepare. This will be a difficult journey. Just carrying this case will be trying. Ifran, yeah. he follows Luca. Um, but he does so somewhat reluctantly. He is pretty suspicious <laughs> that something's going on. But again, time and place. Ifran figures this is best discussed after the mission. Who has the case, the waterproof case? I'm assuming the that group. Luca yes, does. yeah, Luca does. I don't know. Is it like still in place for me to be wearing my super heavy, dirty plate armor, or should I just be wearing like normal garb? You can spend the rest of the daylight hours cleaning it. Okay, so after the two groups separate, Reese approaches Mick and says, "I think I have an idea, but." You've probably already thought of it as well. We can disguise as some noble, and by we I mean you, and I would be escorting you as a bodyguard. Hmm. Methinks this is a good idea, and I have. It's come across my mind. I assumed you had thought about it before, but who specifically would you go as? Hmm. You know who would look dashing in this dress? Quenberg. And Reese kind of chokes a little. <laughs> Quenberg. I suppose so. Hopefully she hasn't reverted back to her normal self and is also making an appearance tonight, but that would definitely get us in. Let's do it. Indeed. And even so, I always wanted to be a twin. <laughs> All right. Um, Man, makes incredible. <laughs> With this plan settled, Reese spends the rest of his day making his armor and greatsword look presentable as they are seemingly worse for wear. All right. So then the other group, Okay, um, Efran, Lyrian, and Luca, they spend their time weaving around the city and giving it a decently wide berth, picking through the forest so that they can approach it from the north without being discovered by any of the patrols. That takes you a good portion of the day, and by the time you're within reasonable distance of the estate once more, the sun has set beyond the distant mountains only faint fingers of light still playing among the clouds above you. The group found a place to stash most of their heavier equipment, uh, weapons, uh, and armor and the like. Uh, really, they're only carrying Luca in his, not even in his leather armor, but just in his like his uh, clothes. Um, I presume Lyrian as well, and Ifan doesn't use armor anyways. So uh, between the three of us, we're all pretty uh, lightly armed, but we have with us tightly packed into that chest all of the finery that we bought and uh, we are making our way toward the drain uh, under the cover of darkness hoping to be able to approach really only having to enter the river at the very end to pass through the drain all right so i'm gonna require stealth checks from the three of you this would be a great time for passing the trace if Fran got a 23 on his stealth roll i guess i got an 18 no it's a 16 i also got a 16 all right you have to take extra special care because as the closer you get to the estate, there are some lone patrolmen going through the woods with large crossbows. So you manage to remain undetected. However, you were slightly impeded in your timing. Um, Luca's just feeling, you know, he's ever feeling the pressure, the, the need for speed, like the tension between, you know, what he's doing. It's just, it's, it's palpable with him. Um, so he's been a little, probably a little less careful than he should have but having arrived um, really at the point where it's either let them see us or enter into the river 
um, he prepares himself to go uh, to, to enter the river to go up and uh, pass underneath the wall. All right. So at this point, you have arrived at the bend of the river. So it is the point where it has exited from the north part of the estate and it bends back down to the west. Now, really, at this point, the sound of the river is masking any footsteps you make rather well. And the drop-off from where you are, it's a bit of a rocky little cliff face that goes down about 10 or 15 feet into the river itself. But as you look ahead, where it meets the wall itself and the drain is present, the drop is significantly less intense. Having this, you know, this new knowledge, Luca quickly turns to, uh, you know, his companions. Do you believe that it might be beneficial that we go really until the, the bottom of the wall there? The, I think we might have an easier time. There's little chance in my mind that we will be able to swim through this much river. However, if it's merely crossing under the wall, we might be able to make it. We just need to be careful of the guards. Yes, I agree. I believe that it would be best, safest and easiest. Uh, to go as far as we can on foot. The three of us set out again, um, trying to maintain. We're, we're right at the side of the river. We're walking right down the river bank, but um, we are going to make it, really, if we can, to the base of the wall before just going underneath. And you do so quite easily enough, actually. It is darkening at an exponential rate now as night comes upon you, and you reach the base of the wall with no further interruptions. The drain here is a bit wider. However, the bars, at least above water, seem to be impassable. Maybe what the woman had been referring to is concealed under the river. Is the drain close enough that, you know, kind of standing in whatever the river's left, that we could reach in there and grab the drain and kind of support ourselves on that as the river rushes past? Or would we have to, like, literally swim to it, then kind of grab it? You'd have to swim a good eight or ten feet okay. in the river itself and then get to the drain. I mean, Luca, you know, he's... He's kind of got this no time like a present attitude and he slides uh, as gently as he can, as quietly as he can uh, in the river and begins to swim his way up. He's carrying with him wrapped around his waist a length of rope that the others could use uh, after he has arrived at the grate. He could tie it to the grate and they could use that instead of having to swim to just pull themselves to the grate. All right, go for it. You'll have to do a strength check as you enter the river and a constitution check because this water is ice cold. It's quite a shock to your system, really. The strength check is 15. Okay. And the constitution check is 18. So you are able to withstand the water a bit more easily than you're able to move through it. But you are able to push your way forward. The drain has broken, it seems, most of the force, but it quickly picks up again. And you know that if you were dragged even just a few feet backward, you would be quickly swept away. Okay, so um, Luca immediately hooks his arm, uh, hooks an arm around one of the the bars of the grate to make sure that he's got a stable position, and he attempts to take the rope that he tied around his waist and tie it around one of the bars outside of the water, so it's it's still above, and he can get a good knot on it, so that the people behind him don't have to swim, but can instead pull themselves along along with the chest. Roll a dexterity check. Come on, baby, this is your one good stat. And it's so bad! It's eight. Okay. You lose your grip on the rope momentarily. Do a dexterity saving throw. Save that rope. 20. You're able to grab the rope, but now holding on to the bar with just your, your arm wrapped around, you're feeling some intense pressure. 
you try again to tie a knot and you have pretty good confidence as you're able to wrap it around the bar and tie that off. All right. Um, having done so, I investigate prior to calling my companions. I go under the water and see if there's a way for me to pass through this grate. It seems that someone has intentionally bent the bars a little ways underneath that you can slip through. It's a tight fit, but you're able to do it. On the other side of the grate, I beckoned my companions showing that I've gotten through and that I've tied off the rope. They can't hear me over the water, so it's just gestures, really. Lyrian, seeing Luca's gesture, turns to Ifran and says, time to go. And Lyrian heads into the water. Ifran, uh, yeah, strips down to his skivvies and uh, hops on in. Hey, both of you do strength checks and constitution checks. 14 for strength. How much for constitution? 21. You barely feel the cold, Lyrian. Ron is feeling the cold a little bit more. He got a 12 on his constitution and 11 on his strength. Lyrian is able to pull himself along the rope, and Lyrian's carrying the case? Yes. With the case, and you're able to make it underneath the water and to the other side of the grate. Efron, you reach the grate, pulling yourself along the rope, and you feel it gain a little more slack as it starts to come undone. Do a strength saving throw as you have to then reach for the bars themselves and pull yourself the rest of the way. Come on, baby, come on, baby. Oh, yes, 17. You grab tightly onto the bars right as the rope slips free and pull yourself underneath the grate and on to the other side. Nice. The three of you are now inside the estate. You're able to pretty easily then make your way out of the river onto dry ground and get changed. Lyrian grabs the box and hands Luca and Ifran their outfits. Luca dons his red and gold outfit, taking special care to wrap the scarf uh, or the head wrap tightly around his head um, in the manner, trying to imitate the manner that was shown by Efron, but it's questionable about the appearance. Efron, he gets dressed in the formal wear, looks at Luca and Lyrian, gives a little nod of approval, smiles and says, well, gentlemen, shall we proceed? So Mick and Reese are traveling along the main road, taking the long arc north and around until you come to what's known as the Barrow Gate on the north side of the Moorland Estate. The entrance is well guarded by, like I said, these ornately armored soldiers. And standing watch at the gate as well is a man and a very puffy hat with a big old feather coming out of it, dressed in fine purples and golds with large puffy shoulders and puffy trousers going down to his knees where then long boots and socks are um, met. Can I just say that I want to steal this outfit like, <laughs> deeply? I mean, I might have to just steal this outfit. Um, okay. All right. So why don't we take a second, though, before this and Mick, you tell me what you do. What happens is, is of course, I get into my dress. We're far way off, so nobody sees us. And then I close my eyes and I transform before Reese's eyes into Quenberg. The spitting image. Yep, the spitting image. And then I put on my headdress by the Dunlick fashion. And I put on my slippers. And I put a little makeup on. You know how we do? At the sight of this, it's... Pretty startling to him, seeing, you know, the shape-shifting figures of the face and the body parts. It's just like, he's not quite sure what he's seeing. But, you know, before too long, Lady Quenberg is standing in front of him. And I lean towards him, and I say, tell no one of this. It'll be between us. And that's it. 
<laughs> and then we proceed. And Reese just kind of chuckles and shakes his head. <laughs> All right. So we continue on together. And of course, I'm assuming Reese looks pretty spiffy himself and, and is in place as my guard. Yes, my armor is pretty, pretty bedazzled. Not bedazzled. It's, yeah. pretty, it's pretty dazzling. Oh, gorgeous. <laughs> that bedazzler. Anyway, so then, <laughs> and then I tell Reese before. Now understand, Reese. We must perform this uh, properly. Understand that I'm going to be uh, impersonating a Taedlic noble. Act accordingly. Follow my lead. After she says that and she turns, Reese kind of lightly grabs her shoulder. And what will you be addressing me as? I doubt you want to be throwing around my real name in there. Perhaps Bernard, because it seems nice. Bernard? <laughs> he sounds like a Sir Percy to me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sir Percy was my horse. <laughs> so Percival. Okay, so Percival. Or, he's or, not a sir. Or, or you can just call me Reggie. Why Reggie? <laughs> <laughs> How about Regent? Sure. Okay. Well, in, in, in this case, I will address you only as Regent. Very well. Okay. Come along, Regent. <sighs> and he follows. <laughs> so as you come right up to the man in the purples, he looks at you and he recognizes you instantly. And he kind of just folds his list and his quill pen behind his back and gives you a deep bow and says, My Lady Quenberg, it is an honor to see you at the Marlin Estate. I was not informed of your coming. I apologize greatly. We would have had a carriage come out to meet you and bring you the rest of your way, and we wanted to... Oh, uh, course... uh, please, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you for having me at your estate. Uh, forgive the voice. <laughs> I'm afraid I come down with something. Of, may, of... We, may we come in? Uh, of course, my lady. I will make preparations immediately. However, and he then stands up and takes the list out once more. I was not informed of this change. If you will wait just one moment, I will grab someone who is in more of a position to know the intimate details of the guest lists. But, 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 that won't be necessary. See, this is a bit of a surprise for our dear Count. If you just let me slip by and my guess, this will remain between the two of us. <laughs> He'll be so shocked to see me. <laughs> I apologize, my lady, but I cannot break protocol. Do a persuasion roll, Chris. Okay. Swell. <laughs> I got 29. Holy crap. Okay. <laughs> I persuade the crap out of that guy, and he gives me his firstborn son. <laughs> he might as well. Yeah. And his clothes. <laughs> yeah. he... Yes. Oh, forget that. And his clothes. <laughs> <laughs> so at, at the uh, little intonation that this is some kind of secret that he would have with you he he reads that almost in like a flirty manner and he he blushes quite intensely and he's like my lady i am i am unfit i am unworthy of your presence i please uh, he turns to one of the guards and says in talic so reese can't understand him but mccann he says watch the gate no one else comes in i will be taking the lady quenberg to the count himself or at least as far as i'm allowed until I come back, no one is to enter the estate. Wow. And Dang. then back to you and Reese, he gives another deep bow and says, Please, Lady Quenber, follow me. I will take you as far as I can inside the estate. I myself am not permitted into the inner chambers of the ball, but I can give you a greater picture of what is to expect in this wonderful location. I, I must ask, though, however, your, your friend here, 
he is adorned with the proper attire, but you yourself are missing a mask. Are you not carrying one on your person? I am not. Again, this is so unexpected, planned by me, unexpected by others. And so therefore, I'm afraid I did not have a mask. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. (laughs) Well, my lady, I hope I can remedy this immediately. Please come with me. And he turns on his heel and struts into the keep. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Come along, Regent. And uh, Reese attempts to walk in. He still has his, like, big greatsword and shield on his back. Are they going to let him just walk in with that? or So far, yes. Okay. So, yeah, he's, he's just strolling in behind her, looking rather gentlemanly and bodyguard-like. So you pass through the Barrow Gate, and on either side of you are some tall buildings that look to be different types of either private abodes or maybe a games house where there's a lot of smoke drifting out of the windows, flickering candlelight, and boisterous laughter on the inside. However, right in the middle, going past these two buildings on either side of you, is a large plaza filled with sparkling torches and people of all kinds in the most lavish gowns and attire that you have ever laid eyes upon, all of them wearing masquerade masks. A bit to the left, or in this case it would be the eastern part of the estate, there's the river itself, and then two bridges, one larger on the north side and a smaller one on the south. And across those bridges is a sort of, it looks almost like a small village, The buildings are immaculately built and still as beautiful as the others, but there are no torches burning and there are no party guests there. If anything, it seems to be closed off as two guards in even heavier armor and carrying larger weapons stand at the bridge. The man in purple says, Please, if you'll follow me to the Red Gate. It is not customary for guests so honorable as yourselves to be here in attendance without a mask. And, of course, even less customary to enter the servant's village. But I assure you, I have only the best intentions at heart, and I beg for your forgiveness. And kind of at this, Reese steps forward. I will accompany you to fetch the mask. Surely you will not make the Lady Quenberg accompany you to the servant's area. Of course not. At this point, out of the corner of Mick's eye... On the west bank of the river, the side where the party is taking place, you spy three individuals crawling from the river and then quickly melding into the shadows by this large gaming house. So understanding this, and uh, what is the name of the guy in the purple? You never asked. Oh, excuse me, dear. Yes, yes. Oh, I, I hate to be a bother, but I was wondering... Sometimes I could be very finicky. I was wondering if you could bring back multiple options for masks. Why, of course, my lady. How many would you desire? Mm, Let me think. Four, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) No more, no less. (laughs) Yes, a, a reasonable request, to be sure. If you would not mind, he says, turning to Reese, I would ask you to also leave your weapons in the servant's village. You can retrieve them, of course, after the ball. Of course. And he offers a slight bow. Very well, my lady. These two fine guards will keep watch over you. Uh, He motions to the two uh, guarding the bridge. Meanwhile, if your regent, as you have called him, will follow me across the bridge into the village, 
we will attain some we will obtain some masks for you to try on excellent so he makes his way quickly across the bridge does Reese keep up with him <laughs> yeah yeah Reese doesn't want to let this guy out of his sight can but... you ask him about his outfit and if he has an extra one just in case <laughs> <laughs> so yeah Reese kind of has to scramble after this guy to keep up because he's moving at breakneck speed he wants to impress Lady Quenberg Okay. And he arrives at a certain house that seems to be more of a general storehouse. And he says, please, I will take your sword and your shield if you would not mind. Of course. My sir. And he takes the great sword off of his back. He also takes the javelins out of his butt. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Even the ethereal is like, where did you get Yeah, put put them outside. So uh, Reese hands over his great sword and his shield. Thank you very much, sir. And he opens up the storehouse with a set of keys, places those two a little ways inside, and then closes the door and locks it once more. Okay. If you follow me, just across the street, I will grab a set of spare masks for our good lady. Excellent. And he rushes and, over. And actually, and he kind of like chases over with him. He skids to a stop <laughs> and turns toward you. Oh, yes, yes. I, forgive me, but I have known the Lady Quenberg for quite some time. Perhaps I can offer some assistance in picking out some options and what she might like. Why, of course. Please, follow me. And he brings you into another storehouse that is filled to the brim with gold and silver platters and goblets and decorative vases and all manner of glassware and it's just this place has got to be worth a whole <laughs> ton and Reese just starts stuffing his pockets no. <laughs> so Reese enters the room and he's looking for four masks that are you know similar enough in nature and they're not so extravagant as to draw undue attention to themselves but they are you know ornate enough to show a certain element of class. It's not too hard to find four full face masks of a bright ivory inlaid with either gold or silver patterns. Like one has floral patterns, another knots, but they're all equally fancy without being ostentatious. Perfect. Then Reese collects all four of them and goes on his way. Very well, sir. Those are excellent selections, if I do say so myself. Alrighty, we should return to her quickly. Of course, of course. You make your way back across the bridge and present the Lady Quenberg with these four masks. So, Reese, masks in hand, approaches Mick and hands her the masks. Ah, thank you, sir. Just what I needed. I hope they will be to your liking. Of course they are. They look dashing. Anyways, I'll put one on. I mean... I put one on. I'm Mick. I put one on. (laughs) (laughs) So at this moment, Reese and Mick, you see your other three companions kind of still, you know, tugging at their sleeves, pulling up their trousers, stepping around the corner into this main square of the estate and seeing Reese approach you. As Luca, Lyrian, and Ifran approach, is it safe to assume that Luca and Lyrian can make the connection that this woman in this ball gown that you just bought the previous day is in fact Mick transfigured into a woman yes in fact Luca will comment on this even if it will confuse Fran he's gonna say something as they round the corner and you know everyone having dressed in their their noble clothes they really look like they're ready for the party just uh lacking the masks Luca walks up you know he sees Reese who has his usual mask and uh and he sees Mick he's just 
Well done, Nick. This might actually work. And he grabs a mask out of her hands and dons it. Efron, recognizing the dress, but not the person in the dress, uh, approaches kind of cautiously, and he says, This, I see you've made a new friend. And who might you be? Well, isn't it obvious? And then I get a little closer, handing him a mask. And then I whisper, It's me, Mickey. 